This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This podcast is part of the 76ers Podcast Network. Search 76ers Podcast wherever you get your pods. Mailbag Monday. It is back for week number two. And perhaps, Lauren Rosen, that's the best and most successful thing we can say about Mailbag Monday so far. Absolutely. I love Mailbag Monday. I love engaging with Sixers fans, whether it's in person, on Twitter. Well, not really in person this year, but especially digitally this year. So this is always a pleasure. I'm going to date myself going back five or six years now. But before your time, Lauren, with the 76ers, one of the early mottos of the process years from a marketing standpoint was together we build. And I think that's a nice holistic spirit with which to go about our Mailbag Mondays. We had a couple submissions last week. We have a few more this week. We're appreciative of everyone who has been hitting us in the mentions, through DM, some voicemails. It's great. I've had fun. Yes, indeed. So thanks to everybody that reached out to us directly. I love seeing what questions you guys are asking because even not for Mailbag Monday, like when we cover the team every day, I want to be able to tell you guys what you want to hear. I want to be able to focus on players you want me to focus on. So always thank you for sharing your thoughts. And and that goes well beyond Mailbag Monday. Whenever you do have thoughts or things you want to see more of, just let us know. The true function of a reporter or journalist to serve the masses. So yes, getting feedback about what you want to hear from the players, from the coaches, what stories you want to see covered. We're all about it. So it's been great. Now, if this is for you out there listening, your first Mailbag Monday, A, understandable. We've only done one previously. B, let us give you a very brief rundown of what it is we're doing. Every Monday, Lauren and I come to you right here on the pod, and we run through a list of social media inquiries we get, or we play back some voicemails. So to reach out to us, it's at Lauren M. Rosen on Twitter for Lauren, at Brian Seltzer for me on Twitter. At Seltzer Sixer Snaps on Instagram, at Lauren M. Rosen on Instagram for Lauren. At least I have the matching handles. I can't get at Lauren Rosen like <laughs> I want to, but at least I can match on both platforms. That's my consolation prize. I know. I've been kicking this around. A very non-important internal debate is should I transition my um, dark in the closet 
kid picture account, which is at Brian Seltzer, a private account, should I switch that over to my public professional account? I haven't done it yet, but I might. I mean, it's not that trivial. It is interesting to think about how you present on the internet. Apparently, that's important. And apparently, especially right now, it's important. So keep me posted. Happy to work that through with you. Unpack things if you'd like. (laughs) I I appreciate you being here for the consultation. Um, We also have uh, ways that you can reach us via voicemail. Go to anchor.fm slash 76ers. Follow the voicemail link there. Or you can hit us up at 215-403-PODS and leave us a message on our pod hotline. We love to hear all the comments, the takes, the opinions. And with that, oh, we should also mention, of course, that if we select your name or not us, but if we input your name, which we will if we read your submission, whether it's a voicemail or a social media message, to our random name picker, and your name is the one that pops up at the end, you win a weekly Sixer swag bag. Love that. You know what else we should also mention? What? You said we should mention one more thing. I have I have a second one more thing. Yeah. The Sixers have the best record in the NBA. They do. The only one loss team left. It's great. It's true. Can confirm. It's. I, I mean, I woke up this morning, looked at the standings, just smiled. It's really nice to see. I know it's still early. We don't want to overreact, but very cool to see, especially from such a new group that thinks they can still get better. No question about it. The 76ers leaders in the pack in the NBA, and that'll be a nice transition segueing into perhaps our overarching theme for this week's Monday Mailbag, which is after six games, which is at the time that we're recording this podcast, what pumps you up, what excites you the most about the 76ers with a record of 5-1? and one. Lauren, before I go to the mailbag itself, I'm going to ask you, what enthuses you the most about the 5-1 and one Philadelphia 76ers? Well, I think I just gave it away when we did our little intro to talking about the Sixers, but the idea that these guys think there's still another level to unlock, because if right now, obviously, again, it's a little early to say they have the best record in the NBA, they're leading the NBA, but they are, and they feel that they can still improve. So expect other teams, of course, that have had rocky starts to start to improve. Things will start to even out, but the idea that the Sixers are not at their best right now, and they are technically the best right now, is awesome to me. What about you? This is not to disparage or slander any of the teams the 76ers have played already or some that loom on the immediate horizon for the next two games, but I felt like going into this season, even after training camp, it was so important for the 76ers to capitalize on a stretch of their schedule that on paper seemed like it would be a little bit more manageable than what's to come, let's say, at the end of this week. Um, And they've done that so far. Their only loss, obviously, without Joel Embiid at Cleveland uh, on the second night of a back-to-back after playing at New York on the road the night before that. And now later this week, after they face the Hornets to wrap up the two-game series on Monday and the Washington Wizards on Wednesday, they've got teams like Brooklyn and Denver and Atlanta and two against Miami and then a week after that two against Boston so I think everyone knows that the schedule is going to get a little bit more challenging at least it would seem on paper so I like the fact the 76ers uh, with that in the back of our minds have gotten off to an encouraging start yeah cool to see them get the kinks out against in winnable games let's say but even when they had that one loss on the road to come back and beat a really good team right after the loss I think also says a lot. They were not willing to let that Cleveland vibe, if you will, continue. And they had a much harder matchup in their next game and they made it happen. So I do think the fact that they are taking the negative moments 
and turning them around this early in the season is going to pay dividends as they start playing harder teams because in all likelihood they will lose more games this season and they will have to respond and so far they're setting a good a good precedent for how they respond finding ways to win together i feel like it should be a ditty that you hear daniel tiger sing you probably don't and i hope you probably can't speak to that reference but find a way to play together something like that you know you would hear it on daniel tiger i have no idea what you're talking about but i'll look it up (laughs) okay let's talk about this let us dip into the mailbag you have one new message. We're going to start off with an Instagram submission from Snacks2000. The question that we threw out there was, at 5-1 and one after this start, what has you feeling good about the Sixers? Snacks2000 says, feeling great. We're seeing a far, far in caps, better job at holding leads and responding to deficits and runs. Lauren Rosen, I concur. I agree with you. We did just touch on it a little bit, how this team responds to negatives and positives. When things are going poorly, they've been fighting back. And when things are going well, we heard Doc Rivers say it at the very beginning of the season, when things are going well, they want to keep their foot on the gas. If they're going to, if they're up by 20, they want to win by 30. If they're up by 30, they want to win by 40. And they're showing that they have that ability to keep their foot on the gas, especially in Orlando. So I think the way that they respond to any situation that they're in, negative or positive, is something to continue to watch. But so far, if you have been watching that, they've been performing well on that scale. Yeah, for a couple games now, the 76ers have had the best second-half defense in the NBA, just a little bit more than 92.5 points allowed per 100 possessions. And that's all well and good. But let's also look at this. The 76ers have the best overall defense right now in terms of efficiency in the entire NBA, which is exactly in the range that Doc Rivers and his staff wanted to be in. They wanted to be top three. Well, here they are, top one. It's awesome. It's great to see them set a goal and accomplish it early. So let's see if they can sustain that type of success on the defensive end. And we've heard from a lot of players. Seth Curry is one that speaks on it often. They think that the offense is still evolving. They set the tone on defense and the defense looks good, but the offense is still evolving. So as you know, the numbers on offense, not too shabby either. But if they can keep that defensive foundation as sturdy as it is in the start of the season and continue to build on offense, it's going to be a pretty lethal combination. Snacks 2000, thank you very much. Next. You have one new message. Hey, my name is Dan. My question is, there's a lot of change and and transition from last year to this year. New personnel, obviously new coaching staff. Curious about the style of play from last year to this year, what the strategy is, and just the changes in terms of the X's and O's and what the uh, coaching staff is trying to implement for this season. Yes, I think Dan makes a good point, Lauren. Lots of change compared to last season and this season. New faces in the front office, entirely new coaching staff just about, and some key new members of the starting lineup and the bench. So yeah, Dan was asking, X and O-wise, what are some of the things that we've seen as far as what Stock River's been implementing? I feel like offensively we see what the Sixers have done trying to run things through Joel Embiid, his positioning deep in the post, getting him to run the floor end-to-end. And then defensively, we've talked about this a little bit already, Lauren, the Sixers trying to get back to what this team did, I want to say two or three seasons ago, as far as what they're prioritizing defensively, which is shut off the lane and then this isn't to make it sound like a secondary or unimportant thing, but take care of the paint first, take away driving opportunities, and then focus on tracking down shooters on the outside. 
Absolutely. There have been some changes. And I think at the beginning of the season, it looked a little similar to what we were seeing last year from this similar group, at least of stars on this team. But now we're starting to see what this group looks like with more shooting, with different key defenders. Um, Something that I've enjoyed watching, and I'm a nerd, so I rewatched our most recent game against Charlotte yesterday. Um, and in that watch, I've been really intrigued with like how Joel has been working, especially on the offensive end. He's talked so much about how he handles double teams. And that's something I'm super interested in this year, because before it was something that was a frustration for Joel and understandably so you don't want multiple large men trying to tell you, you can't do your job, but Joel is really embracing it now. And it almost looks like he's welcoming it. He's inviting players to come and double him so he can start the offense and find somebody else. And so the idea that he wants this thing that he used to sort of be afraid of, or, or at the least sort of irritated by, is really cool. He's embracing that challenge, and it's it's making the whole offense run, I think, in a really cool way. I think also, Lauren, one of the first things that Doc Rivers spoke about when he was introduced as head coach in October was the emphasis on pace. And we heard that with Brett Brown in the past, but one thing that Doc really stressed was he wants to see more pace in everything the Sixers do, and that pace isn't necessarily a race. That was Doc Rivers' phrasing. I, I wish I could claim credit for something as clever as that, but I can't. Um, and I think that what we've seen the last couple games in particular, Orlando and then the first game against Charlotte, Ben Simmons, the straw that stirs the drink man, he is getting things going, putting immense pressure, especially off of misses from the opposition, uh, getting the Sixers down the court, and really putting pressure on the opposing team that has them defensively on their heels. So I I think like, as we step back and look at this from 30,000 feet, in a lot of ways, if you went into the season saying, well, who are the 76ers' two All-Stars? We know that. It's Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And those two guys on both ends of the court have had a large say in the Sixers' success. Absolutely. Ben looks great. And I, and I like that Doc Rivers, it seems, continues to be surprised by how many levels Ben has in his game. And this is something that Doc says. He says he didn't realize how great Ben's instincts are. And I think that's something, obviously, you can't teach instincts. And so to have someone that's that talented on both ends of the floor, who's maybe seeing things a little earlier than other people are, or able to make reads or decisions a little bit faster than anybody else can, is going to be something that's really cool for this team. I think Ben has been so good. I really appreciated what he said following, I believe, the Orlando game, that he doesn't care if he has no points. If the team is up by 50, he's doing something right because it means he's creating for others. He's playing great defense. He's really prioritizing what the team needs over his individual stats. And then sure enough, the next game he goes and gets a triple-double. So great stuff from Ben, especially in the last week or so. And it's cool to see the way that both of them, honestly, are growing this year. Totally agree. I think there has been no one who has sacrificed more, at least on the offensive end, in terms of scoring so far this season than Ben Simmons. Dan, thank you for the voicemail. Back to our Instagram mailbox we go. You have one new message. Jay Silverman, 63. How are you feeling about the 76ers? He says, great! Exclamation point. This group gets more comfortable together each passing game. I would agree. And when I first read that, when you sent me the DM, I saw passing game and I thought we were going to talk about how well they've been moving the ball, (laughs) which they have. So maybe that's where I'll start on this one. It does seem like they're getting more comfortable together. And that really shows in the way that they are moving the ball constantly. There was a play um, in the Charlotte game that I think ended in a turnover, but the ball movement itself was exciting enough to 
to sort of learn something about what this team is really trying to do, look for that great shot instead of the good shot. And obviously you want it to end in a made shot, but the fact that that's the way that they are wired this season, especially early, they're already being able to trust each other, find each other's spots. The passing game is going to continue to maybe get better with every passing game. No team, Lauren Rosen, has made more passes on average this season per game than your team, your town, your Philadelphia 76ers. And I think it's it's almost kind of an endearing quality when some of the younger bench guys get in that they tend to overpass. You know, it's like I, I, this is probably going to sound a little bit folksy when I say it. Some people may not like the verbiage. I think it's cute. It's like these young guys come in off the bench. Some of them, and like you have Tyrese Maxey and at times Matisse Thibel, and they're just they're just trying to keep it keep it going, keep the ball moving. Where it seems like the veterans, some of the starters, they might have a better handle on the the right dosage of passing and how to effectively move it. But I love it. I, I think that that's that's the whole notion um, that these pass heavy offenses go back to. How can it not bring everyone in and make them feel like they're a part of it? I've noticed that as well, Celts. I think the young guys are sort of taking a cue from from the older guys looking for that great shot, even if they have a pretty good one themselves. Something that's been the most gratifying for me to watch is in those exact instances when there's been times where Matisse or Tyrese Shake, I don't know if we consider a young guy anymore. He's been so aggressive, but they've been out there with the veterans. There have been some combination lineups at times. And if Matisse or Tyrese gives up the ball, sometimes Tobias makes sure that it finds them again, for example, and sort of says, okay, no, like you do have the shot. Let's go. And so I like the way that the that the younger guys on this team are taking cues from the older guys. And then sometimes the older guys will turn it right around and force their hand instead. Jay Silverman, 63. Thanks very much to the voicemail next you have one new message hey i'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on the chemistry with this team seems like every time they make a three ball all the players on the bench are getting up they're clapping their hands they seem to be genuinely happy to be around each other do you guys think this is the closest team they've had in a long time if not ever curious to hear your thoughts thanks again Yes, and this is a nice uh, layer to the the topic we previously discussed. Darren bringing up chemistry. We're definitely in kumbayas and unicorns and, and rainbows and all that stuff right now because, hey, the Sixers, it's still early in the season and they've been winning basketball games in a lot of different ways. I do think that if they're setting precedent for good kumbaya energy now while the team is doing so well, it will help them when they inevitably, or rather, when they eventually face some obstacles. The spirit that they have shown, I mean, I have the privilege of being at our home games and I sit across from the Sixers bench and they really are on their feet for most of the game. Maybe it's because the seats are so spread out that they want to sort of get the energy by by standing up and 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 taking up more space themselves, but they really are on their feet. Guys that don't that ha- that don't even get in the game spend the whole game on their feet watching their teammates. There's guys like Dwight Howard who are spending their time between their minutes trying to hype up a non-existent crowd. The energy is is really strong between this group of relatively new friends, shall we say. So I see what Darren sees. I think the chemistry looks really good, especially for a team that is, again, just getting to know each other now. There was a shortened training camp, a shortened preseason, and now they're off and running on this sort of one day on, one day off, sometimes a back-to-back schedule. It's a lot. So to see them clicking, even during this sort of chaotic, um, hectic time of getting to know each other is is a good sign it can't it can't not be a good sign 
Now listen, I think sometimes we misunderstand this whole notion of chemistry. Just because a team doesn't win or achieve as much as it's supposed to doesn't mean the guys don't like each other. I mean, I, I thought last year's team, there were guys who had great bonds in terms of players who were here last season and aren't here anymore. Um, Al Horford had his friendships. Josh Richardson had his friendships. But to underscore the point that we've been talking about on the pod so far is, what is this about the first week and a half of the season? The 76ers are having success. <laughs> They're off to a 5-1 and one start. And when you combine that with great relationships that are being built off the court, then it just looks that much better. So I don't know if I could say this is the closest team the Sixers have had in a long time, but I think that the good vibes of the personalities of the guys that would have come together and fomented naturally are now just being magnified that much more because the team is playing well. So I think that's a great point that uh, Darren brings up. Well, and look, it's also easy to get along when things are going well. So let's not forget the fact that they've won five of their six outings. But like we said at the beginning of this conversation, to have a good streak now and to allow them to build this chemistry while things are going well, while it's easy to build good chemistry, can't not be a blessing for this group. For the first time ever in Monday Mailbag history, back-to-back voicemails. You have one new message. How has Dwight Howard's veteran presence affected the team you know i've seen you guys reporting that he puts in work post game so how are his actions you know affecting this team and if you're talking about spirit lauren you cannot talk about it without mentioning the spirit whisper of the 76ers i don't even know if he's whispering he might be the spirit screamer he is shouting it from the highest mountain superman He has been just a ball of energy. And whether that's been a ball of high energy that the team needs to get hype or um, focused sort of internalized energy, he's brought all sorts of types of energy to this team. And I think as a veteran, Dwight Howard has really, really grown. Danny Green talked about it after the game. Somebody asked him, sorry, after the first Charlotte game, if Dwight did this in, in LA, the way that he, sorry, let's run it back a little bit. Dwight has been shooting post-game at home games with a lot of the young guys on this team. The first time it was Ben Simmons. The second time he was out there with Matisse Theibel, Isaiah Joe, Terrence Ferguson, Dakota Mathias. And I think that's it. This, by the way, is the Lauren Rosen subbeat. There is no reporter who can take this from you. The post-game workout while also being involved in press conferences. That is the Lauren Rosen subbeat. I like the post-game work beat. That is that is going to be my new beat. When things go back to normal, maybe I'm going to have to start going peeking out there to see if anybody else is working out, even now that people have to be in different places. But anyway, you slice it. The constant in those, in those post-game workouts has been Dwight Howard, who is shooting threes post-game. He's doing all sorts of things that maybe he doesn't need to be doing in-game, but he's doing it with the young guys. He's setting the tone. He's bringing a speaker out there with his phone and playing music to get the vibes up post game and I think that that's something that is is really special and Danny Green said that actually no he wasn't doing that in LA but in LA they didn't have as many young guys last season so Danny says in terms of leadership he can't ask for anyone better than Dwight Howard and it's really cool to see the way that Dwight's career and his role within the different teams he's played on on the last in the last few years has really evolved it seems like he's a totally different guy with a totally new set of priorities and so far it's rubbing off on these Sixers in a really positive way. Hi, me, Kim. Also added on the gram. Happy to see everyone on the team looks happy. Dwight Howard's positive energy is contagious. No question about it. He he fires up a crowd that doesn't even exist before every home game. You love to see it. 
It's incredible. He runs out of the tunnel and gestures to the non-existent crowd on all four sides of the court. You can see he's he's having this whole moment in his head, and it just brings a smile to everybody's face. And I can't wait for him to get to do that with actual fans at some point down the line. It's going to be really gratifying. We've only done two of them, but I'm digging this week's Monday mailbag. Let's stick it in the uh, the voicemail some more. We'll keep it right there. You have one new message. Hey, Brian, Zach. I was just wondering who you see as stepping up in the second half of the season as someone that's on the bench right now. Is there a player that we can look to that's going to make a difference in the season later on? So someone on the bench, Zach, wants to know, someone on the bench, who could step up in the second half of the season? I, you know, I appreciate the question, Zach. I want to, I want to stick with the first half of the season and who's stepping up. It's got to be Shake. He's leading the whole pack. What a blessing to have a guy like Shake Milton on your bench. He has been just sort of this constant force that it's great to see when you have your bench unit out there that when the ball finds somebody, you feel comfortable with him having it. You know that Shake is going to make something happen for somebody else or he's going to take a pretty good shot himself. He's been so good. He and Dwight Howard, who we've talked about a lot, are developing really good chemistry. And Shake is sort of transitioning. Um, Some of the guys have even said they don't consider Shake a young guy. Shake is a leader for that group. And Shake is helping Tyrese along. He's working well with with the younger guys, even though he was probably considered a young guy just last season. It's awesome to see the way he's bonding with them. And and yeah, I think Shake is someone someone to watch in the first and second half of the season. Shake, the fifth leading scorer on the Sixers. He's averaging 25 minutes per game. And it's amazing, Lauren, that he's shooting, at least at the time that we're recording this, under 30% from three. Because I feel like whenever he puts it up, it's going in. I know he's taking more shots than he has in the past. But that's it's almost, I'm not trying to highlight that as a negative. To me, it's surprising. I feel like he shot the ball great or well enough or effectively enough to keep defenses honest when he been out there. I agree with you. And I think that goes back to something Doc Rivers has said. In in a lot of the missed shots this team has had, they have been good shots. So so Doc is tracking more. Are they taking good shots or are they taking bad shots? And if the good shots don't go in, he knows eventually that they will. So I think maybe that's something that, that you could apply to Shake, that it feels like he is getting good looks. And, and based on his numbers, all go all the way back to his college, college numbers at SMU. This is a guy who shoots really well from beyond the arc. So I think if I had to guess, that number is going to continue to rise as the season moves along. I also have loved seeing more of attack shake. Put the head drown, drive to the rack shake. He's been really confident in that area. And also you can see the strength, and he worked on that a lot during the hiatus that was caused by the pandemic and then the offseason after the bubble. You can tell how he's now able to use his strength a lot more successfully and to his advantage. No doubt about it. Another guy that's added strength who we haven't seen in the last couple of games, Furkan Korkmaz. So if you're going to talk about the bench, you can't talk about it without talking about Furkan. Imagine that when he gets back, mm-hmm. the shooting numbers, especially from the bench unit, will go up because Furkan has not lost his stroke from deep. It still looks – the jump shot is damp from Furkan. <laughs> um, and I'm looking forward to getting him back. That said, it has been it has been good for some of the young younger group, some of the other bench guys, to get more minutes in Furkan's absence. Yeah, and since last we taped our previous podcast on the most recent Mailbag Monday, uh, Matisse Thibel had a great game in Orlando filling in for Furkan Korkmaz, so I think he's another name that hopefully with more seasoning we see the likes of which we saw from Matisse in that game in Orlando when he had nine points on a couple threes. Yeah, no doubt about it. And then in the second half of that game was phenomenal defensively. So he had he had some good offense, good offense and good defense in that first game without Furkan. And, and 
we remind on this podcast frequently, but Matisse missed a lot of preseason and it was a shortened preseason. So this new coaching staff didn't get to see a lot of what Matisse could do. And, and he's playing catch up because of his ankle injury. And so to see him sort of rounding into form now is good because it means that he's going to continue finding his rhythm. He will probably continue to impress this coaching staff as time goes along. So it's good to see him getting back into his rhythm despite having had missed some time earlier in the season. All right, one final submission for this week's Mailbag Monday. You have one new message. And it comes from Nicole.Friends on Instagram. She says, feeling very confident in this roster and interested to see us up against tougher competition. Yes, that is the next level to the storyline surrounding this team, in my opinion. I am really excited. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not nervous. I'm not anxious. I'm not intimidated, nor should I be. I'm only a media commentator talking head. But I'm really excited, Lauren, to see things get going come Thursday night when the 76ers have the Brooklyn Nets at Barclays Center. I think that'll be fun, and that is going to start a really, um, you would figure, uh, challenging stretch of the schedule. And on the second night of a back-to-back, no less. So mm-hmm. this group is not going to face a much more challenging situation this season, let's say, than having to travel on the second night of a back-to-back to meet a team led by Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, two of the league's shiniest stars who are also finding their own chemistry, finding their own rhythm. The Brooklyn record might not indicate how good they could be, but that is going to be a real test. So let's see how much fight they can show in a in a difficult type situation. You can't really design a, yep. a more difficult situation for this group. And then beyond that Brooklyn game, like you said, Denver, a couple against Miami. Atlanta looks really good right now. So it will be cool to see how they can take what they've learned in these easier games, shall we say, and apply it to tip stiffer competition. Yeah, because you have, as we mentioned, Brooklyn, Denver, Atlanta, two against Miami all in a row, day off on Friday the 15th. Then you have a, a really tough back-to-back, Memphis and OKC, just because it's a road back-to-back. And these are teams that, you know, they, they've got some – They've got some talent there. And then you have two days off for the first time in forever, and then there's a two-game home series against Boston before you go on the road for two at Detroit. The Lakers then come in at the end of the month. That, you know, it's picking up. It is crazy, and, and honestly, we have to give some props to to the players on the Sixers and across the league, mm-hmm. to the league itself and everybody who works on these things. This is a this schedule is similar to what it was in the bubble, but the bubble was a much shorter period of time. This whole one day on, one day off with back-to-backs. Like you said, they're not going to have two days off in a row for the first few weeks of the season, which is something that they're accustomed to having pretty frequently during regular seasons. So the fact that they're, they're going at this pace – At some point, people are going to get tired. We know this. But it is impressive to see every team in the league just grinding through these games. It's a lot, Celts. It's a lot. Right. It's it's not like you're taking the 10-minute bus ride from the Grand Floridian to the Wide World Sports Complex. I mean, that was the one thing. If there was one, I think, through line that players and coaches spoke positively about in terms of the life experience in the bubble, I think everyone thought it was brilliant the league was able to pull it off so safely. But obviously, you're quarantined for potentially three months, isolated from family and friends. That's tough. But I think the one thing that it sounded like everyone liked from a logistical standpoint was that all you had to do was you were on a campus, get on a bus show up at the arena in about 10 minutes from your hotel to the arena, and then you get on the court, you hoop, you go home, and that was it. Whereas like this, yeah, it's the same rhythm of the bubble, but you're traveling through perhaps at most two different time zones. You got to give it up for the for the logistics people on every staff in the NBA. Someone that sticks out for us, of course, is our very own Alan Lumpkin is mm-hmm. probably 
working around the clock because just think about it. They're in all these different cities with a congested schedule. It's already hard to get the logistics of an NBA team down, but to do it at sort of warp speed this season with all these extra precautions that the teams are taking against COVID, like it's, it's gotta be really tough to make it happen. And it's impressive to see the way they've done it so far. And I hope everybody is getting enough sleep. That's my thesis. <laughs> and not to not not to veer too far off down this detour because there's other places you can go for it, but going to different cities with different protocols and like Doc said before the Orlando game, like felt like he had to hide under his bed. Uh, you know, it's so it's it's right. I think all of this is to say, um, Bubble was impressive that the players and league got through that in one way, but I think that this is a totally different beast. Um, and knock on wood, so far uh, so good for everyone involved. Yes, indeed. Hope they can keep it rolling. And, of course, thanks to everybody that's making it possible. And thanks to everyone who chimed in for this edition of the Monday Mailbag. Loved it. Got some calls. Got some social submissions. Thank you. So, uh, again, if you're new to this, what we're going to do is at some point, um, probably within the next couple hours, I'll go to our random name picker generator. I forget what website I used last time, but um, last week, Lauren, I posted a video of it for full transparency. Um, we don't have one of those law firms who audit things like the NBA does when they go into the to the lottery room uh, for the draft, but uh, we try to be as fair about this as we possibly can. And if your name is picked by the random name picker, you will get a 76ers swag bag. Uh, our man Jason Johnson just hooked it up. We have some fresh stuff to send out to our faithful and loyal listeners. Um, you deserve it for submitting. We appreciate it. Anyone that's still listening at this point deserves a little, right. a little prize of some sort. So thank you for True. being here. On the docket on the 76ers Podcast Network feed for the rest of this week, tomorrow, Tuesday, look for a new episode of Coat Check again. That's every other Tuesday. Um, Dakota Mathias and Matt Murphy will chat about the two-way players' upcoming season. And then on Friday, Lauren and I will be back at it with Devon Givens, our first Fanatic Friday with 97.5 The Fanatic's Devon Givens. So I'm excited about that. Looking forward to it indeed. Welcome to 2021, everybody. Oh, yeah. Happy New Year. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And also one last uh, self-serving promotion. Uh, the Scoop comes out the morning of and morning after every game. So keep scrolling and refreshing that feed. Thank you, Mailbag Monday people. We'll talk to you next time. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.